Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to get to tonight. Game 5 of the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning Islanders in a must-win situation. It's win or go home. As they trail 3-1 to one in this series in the bubble up in Edmonton, if the Islanders manage to win Game 6, which would be a designated Islander home game, comes up on Thursday. So, a lot at stake, obviously, and for the Islanders, no time to quit. We'll talk about some of the things the Islanders need to accomplish in order to prolong this series. We will look at some of the things they've done pretty well, and of course, we will have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more, but mostly we're going to preview Game 5 tonight, and it's an important one for the New York Islanders. If there's something Islanders-related that's on your mind, a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you Leave your name and where you're from, first name only, of course. Uh, We're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that you are suggesting. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes as it happens. So... Big game tonight, season on the line, and I'll tell you this. I am not confident that the Islanders will win this series. The odds are not great. They're down three games to one. But I'm also very confident that they're not going down without a fight. And it would not surprise me at all if there is indeed a sixth game. And I think Barry Trotz said it very well when he analyzed everything and basically said that, you know, we've got to concentrate on winning one game at a time. And if we win tonight, there's another game and then we've got to win that one. But first things first, they've got to concentrate on winning one game in a row, essentially three times. A lot of discussion yesterday on Twitter and social media about Victor Hedman and John Tavares. And you go back to the 2009 draft and the Islanders had that first overall pick. And the question was, you know, there were three players who they 
could have seriously considered in that draft. And now, obviously, John Tavares, now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Victor Hedman still with the Tampa Bay Lightning and really playing at the top of his game. An all-star perennially, a dominant player, and he really has been a difference maker in this series. But you know what? Spending time trying to analyze what the Islanders could have, would have, and should have done 11 years ago in the draft is really counterproductive and beside the point. If you think about what things were like in 2009, I have very little doubt that John Tavares was the right choice at the right time. And nobody could have predicted what was going to happen in, you know, 2018 when he leaves as a, uh, excuse me, 2019, when he leaves as a free agent and heads up to Toronto. So, you know, I, I think it's just wrong to debate and spend a lot of time worrying about it. Uh, Tavares was the face of the franchise. He gave them offense, which they desperately needed. Defensemen, if you recall, tend to take longer to develop. Uh, Tavares had an impact pretty close to right away. I mean, yeah, the guy actually scored a goal on his first shift in the National Hockey League. But overall, while you're not debating, you know, whether Victor Hedman is now a better player than John Tavares, I would say he probably is. He's certainly coming back to haunt the Islanders. But in 2009, I don't think the Islanders should have drafted Hedman. They needed the impact that John Tavares gave them, and he did give them that. And essentially, you know, Victor Hedman came close at different times to signing elsewhere as well, though the Lightning were able to wrap him up. But, yeah, uh, NHL.com talking about, oh, Victor Hedman could have been a member of the Islanders. Yeah, he could have been, but it wouldn't have been the right choice at the time. And... Now, would it have been a better choice? Yeah, but 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, etc., Tavares was the better choice over Hedman. And for what the Islanders needed on their team at that time, Tavares, again, was the better choice. So, I don't understand why people are debating this. Uh, maybe a little bit too much time on their hands. Uh just trying to stir up the pot, but overall, uh, not much in this debate as far as uh, Victor Hedman versus John Tavares back in 2009, and right now, it's irrelevant because the Islanders have to figure out a way to play better and beat Victor Hedman, and they have to do that without John Tavares, who, by the way, was eliminated a couple of rounds ago. Uh, and for the second straight year since Tavares left for greener pastures, quote-unquote, uh, in Toronto, John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs did not go as deep into the playoffs as the New York Islanders did. So uh, 
I think the Islanders uh, are, are doing just fine without John Tavares. And yes, Victor Hedman could help them, but you only get to draft it once. And I don't think it was a mistake at the time to pick JT. All right, we have got a lot to talk about. We will break down Game 5, talk about some of the things the Islanders really need to improve upon. And we have our Islanders' birthday of the day still to come. All this and more on the Locked On Islanders podcast. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone else is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now right to your door, and ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody. It does not require membership. There's no account login. It's just a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. RockAuto.com. Go there to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You're not just limited to what the guy behind the counter at the brick-and-mortar store has on his computer. And you can get everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and best of all, they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so we head into game five tonight, eight o'clock, and here's something that Barry Trotz had to say yesterday. He said, uh, we have to stay locked in because we're playing a team that can execute at a pretty high level, and they've jumped on us a couple of times. We're going to need a total team effort. We need a total team effort. We have a couple of people who need to raise their game, and I know that they will. And look, the possibility is that the Islanders change their top line. Clearly, the top line of Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle and Matt Barzal has been struggling. And 
Look, Barzal has been on the ice for one goal, four, five against. Anders Lee, two goals, four, four against. Jordan Eberle on ice for one goal, four, and three against. The top line, all minuses in this series, and they're not getting the job done offensively, and there's no question about it. And look, Kucherov, Point, and Palat, the Lightning's top line, has been significantly more effective than the Islanders' top line. And, you know, we talked a little bit on yesterday's show about the importance of the power play. And the top power play unit features all three guys in that first line. They have got to play better. And I wouldn't be shocked if Barry Trotz mixes up the lines a little bit maybe moves Anthony Bavillier up with the top line, drops Anders Lee to the second line. Something's got to give because the top line has been outplayed and dominated, and it's definitely one thing that the Islanders need to get going. Look, the, the old cliche in hockey is that your best players need to be your best players if you're going to win in the playoffs. And in this series, that really hasn't been consistently the case. With the exception of Game 1, the goaltending has been okay. It hasn't been an issue. But the Islanders' best players, your Barzals, your Eberleys, your Lees, they haven't been producing. And that is a significant problem for the New York Islanders. And it also hurts that... They've lost Casey Sezikis because Sezikis is a, is a uh, he sets the mood and tempo and, and really the, he's very much the heart and soul of this team. That fourth line, when they are all together, are the line that sets the tempo and the tone for this team. And look, They've put Pajot in between Martin and Clutterbuck, and it does work, but there is a different feeling to it than there is when it's Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck, and the Islanders really do need to have that line uh, produce more tempo, but I don't necessarily see another center that they could match up. So, you know... I think Pajot will probably stay on a third line with Clutterbuck and Martin, and then they cobble together that fourth line. But look, Barzal, two assists in the series, no goals. Anders Lee, one goal, uh, no, two assists in the series, no goals. And all, all of the points he scored were in game one. Jordan Everly, one goal, one assist in game one, nothing since. That top line and the power play have got to get going. And as far as the power play is concerned, number one, they've got to move the puck quicker and they've got to move without the puck. It's very frustrating how often you see the players not setting screens, not getting in front of the goal, and not moving the puck around. You get a lot more done when you pass cross-ice quickly and set up open players for shots, and then have a player down low screening and 
you know, getting deflections and rebounds. How many of the lightning goals in this series came in off tips and deflections and rebounds? A good number of them. And the Islanders need to get more of those, what Jack Capuano used to call those dirty goals. And, you know, Anders Lee is sort of the king of that. Sezikis was also very good at it. Matt Martin has come up with a few of them, five in the in the postseason to be exact. The Islanders really need more of those dirty goals. And then on the power play, they need to stop skating and trying to fake people out and let the puck do the movement for them. Pass the puck, cross ice, get someone open, move without the puck, create space, and then get players down low to screen and tip and get rebounds. It sounds easy. It isn't because the Lightning are such a deep and talented team, but it's something that the Islanders are going to have to do and have to figure out. Another thing that I really wanted to look at and discuss is the Islanders defensemen. When the Islanders defensemen are playing their game, they really know when to step up and get into the flow of the offense, pinch, keep the puck in, get some shots from the point, or even skate up with some room to the circle and contribute to the offense. You will notice when the Islanders are playing their best hockey, they're getting offensive production from their defensemen. In this series, they're really not getting enough of it. Here's what Adam Pellick had to say about it. Uh, Sometimes we're playing safe. We're not diving in, but when the opportunity arises, we need to take it. And that is very, very true. The Islanders defensemen need to step up, need to get involved, but they've got to do it smartly because, again, you make a mistake. How many times have we seen it in this series, those long passes to open players, you know, at, at or near the Islanders' blue line, you set up an odd man rush or you get a player coming in fast, really does create a lot of problems. So, you know, they need more offense from the defensemen, but it's got to be smart. It can't just be done for the sake of doing it. It's a fine line, it's a balance, but it's something the Islanders definitely need to do if they hope to win Game 5 and prolong this series. All right, we've got our Islanders' birthday of the day still to come, plus a prediction and a few more aspects of what the Islanders need to do in Game 5. Should be an exciting one. More to come here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off and blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long, hard day at work, or... Sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medicine. It's simple, it's safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. 
Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to Roman. Go to getroman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, this one is a little obscure from an Islanders' standpoint. But this guy was a great goalie for a long time. Played a grand total of two games for the New York Islanders. Uh, both of them coming during the 1979-80 season. I am speaking of Richard Brodeur, originally drafted by the Islanders in their first year, 1972, in the seventh round, but ended up signing with the Quebec Nordique of the WHA, and he stayed with Quebec as long as the WHA existed. Started in 72-73, went all the way up through 78-79, signed with the Islanders when... Uh, the Nordique did not protect him in the expansion draft, and they sent him down to the Indianapolis Checkers, who were their Central Hockey League affiliate, and called him up for two games. He then went on with the Vancouver Canucks, had a great big playoff run with them in 1982, and they faced the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup Final. The Islanders, of course, winning at that point what was their third of four straight Stanley Cups, stayed with the Canucks through 87-88, and then finished his career with the Hartford Whalers in 1987-88, played in 385 games in the NHL, 305 in the WHA. We're going to go look back at his only win as a New York Islander in the two games that he played. It was February 27th, 1980 at Le Colisee in Quebec as Richard Brodeur went up against his former team and the Islanders getting on the board first. Mike Bossy unassisted his 41st of the year at 11:26, and it was one to nothing Islanders. But the Nordique answered in 18 seconds. Rial Cloutier, his 35th from Mark Tardif. And after 20 minutes, the game was even. At one apiece, Quebec took the lead in the second period with uh, Bob Nystrom off for roughing. Richie LeDuc got his 18th, Real Cloutier and Dale Hoganson with the assists, and it was a 2-1 Quebec lead. Islanders got a power play chance. Paul Stewart got a uh, the serving at too many men on the ice penalty for Quebec. Wayne Merrick gets the power play goal, his 10th. Bob Bourne and Jean Potvin with the helpers, and after 40 minutes, the game is all even at 2-2. Two and two. Anders Kaller gave the Islanders the lead early in the third period, his 15th from Dave Lewis at 2:06. but then with Gordy Lane in the box for slashing, Michel Goulet ties it for the Nordique, his 16th, Tardif and Hoganson again with the assists. We're all even at three, but five minutes later, it's Mike Bossy. His 42nd from Brian Trottier at 13:33. Islanders lead 4-3. And then with 12 seconds left, Trottier, an empty netter. His 33rd, Bourne and Bossy on the assists. Mike Bossy, two goals, one assist. Bob Bourne, a pair of helpers. Those And, and Brian Trottier, a goal and an assist. Those are the multiple point players. 
Dave Lewis and Bob Lorimer, each plus four. Our birthday, Islanders' birthday of the day, Richard Brodeur, 21 saves to earn the win for the Islanders. Bob Nystrom and Paul Stewart, uh, excuse me, and Paul Baxter had a fight in the second period. Give the edge to Bobby Nye on that one. And overall, the Islanders with a 5-3 to three win. Believe it or not, you know, this is the team that ended up winning the Stanley Cup, the Islanders' first. The win put them only four games over 500 in late February. The Islanders really closed out the season strong, struggled early on. So this win put them at 29-25-8. and eight. So, happy birthday. Happy, uh, to be very specific, 68th birthday to King Richard Brodeur. Oh, so briefly an Islander, uh, but went on to a very, very productive NHL and WHA career. So, happy birthday, Richard Brodeur. He is 58 today. So, again, the Islanders... The other thing that obviously they need to do is to prevent the Tampa Bay Lightning from operating with so much room in center ice and in the Islanders zone. Their defensive assignments, they just have not been as persistent on the forecheck. They have not been able to bottle things up the way they really want to bottle them up, and they need to do it. They really need to get back to playing Islanders hockey, Islanders-style defense. If they can do that, they've got a chance to win this hockey game and prolong this series. And I'll tell you, I do not ever count this team out. They are resilient. They are persistent. They have heart. And whether they win this game or not, whether they win this series or not, this team has taken another step forward in 2020 and something to build on. They're not going down without a fight. I could tell you this. They may not win the series. They may not win the game, but they are going to give it everything they have. And I think it'll be very fun to watch. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget, we will be back tomorrow with a full recap of game five and uh, hopefully a preview of game six. Whatever it is, we are here every Monday through Friday to give you more of what you want about your favorite team, the New York Islanders. Stay safe, everybody. Enjoy Game 5. And, of course, let's go Islanders.